Hello and welcome to Account Instruction Help and How To. In this lecture, we're going to talk about the calculation of depreciation. At the end of this, we will be able to calculate depreciation using the straight line method, the double declining method, and the units of production. So we'll compare and contrast those three different methods of calculating depreciation. We're going to create the journal entry related to depreciation and the recording of depreciation and explain the effect of recording the journal entry related to depreciation on our accounts of asset accounts, equity accounts, what's going to be the effect on net income of the transaction. The calculation of depreciation is one of those areas where we kind of move away from the actual journal entries and we're digging into one specific area, meaning the calculation of depreciation. And when we do that, many times students will kind of lose the big picture. They'll lose the double entry accounting system. They'll not quite see how this kind of calculation is tying into the double entry accounting system. So as we do this calculation, we always want to keep in mind that we are doing this in order to record a journal entry, a journal entry that we learned in the adjusting process, which is basically just a debit depreciation expense and credit accumulated depreciation. Why? Because what we're doing is we're saying we're buying a piece of equipment, let's say a forklift for uh, $10,000. And what we need to do is devalue that forklift. We know it goes down in value over time. But unlike supplies, where we can basically count the supplies and see that they have physically gone down in number over time and therefore calculate how much they have gone down by, the forklift is still just one forklift. Although the value has gone down, it's still just there. So one, we need to have some kind of estimate for it to go down. And two, we want to tell our reader, hey, this is just an estimate. This is, this is our best guess of the devaluation that we're trying to record and show Therefore, instead of recording it to the forklift itself, we're going to create this other account called an on, a contra asset account called accumulated depreciation. Telling the reader, look, this is what the forklift is on the books for. That's what it costs. Here's our reduction in value based on some type of method, straight line or double declining, oftentimes units of, of production, less commonly used, but often more accurate in some ways. So we'll take a look at that as well. Now, if we were to think about this problem, we're going to think about, okay, how are we going to do that then? If we were just to put this down and say, how would we figure out how much we should depreciate something by this forklift that costs 10000 each year? What, how are we going to calculate that? We would probably come up to the conclusion of, well, let's see how long this forklift is going to last if we determine the useful life. It's going to, if we say the useful life, we blink it's going to be like five years, and it's going to have zero value after that useful life. Then we just take the forklift 10000 divided by the five years and say that we're going to depreciate the 2000 each year. That is the most common method or the most uh, intuitive method that we would probably first come up with and think of. And that, of course, is the straight line method. That's where we will start. And then we'll move on to some variations of methods, the main one being some form of double declining method. And that being the idea that more of it gets depreciated in the first year than the last year. We should be depreciating more in the first year because we use it more and the value goes down more in year one than later years. But we're going to start with the even uh, calculation. We'll talk about the pros and cons of that as we go. Now, the other thing that's going to kind of throw a different type of calculation in here, a little bit more complexity, is the idea of salvage value. So salvage value represents the value of the equipment at the end of the useful life. So we're going to try to, so I usually think of it, that's what we're going to be able to scrap it for. So if we can scrap it for that, the machine is still not uh, operational, but it's not worth nothing. We can get something for it. Therefore, we're not going to write it down to zero. We're going to write it down to the salvage value, the scrap value of it. So here's going to be our example problem. We'll work it a few different ways. We're going to work it again, straight line, then double declining, and then units of production. 
So we had equipment purchased on January 1st costing 257500 has a salvage value of 20000 and a useful life of four years. If I was to see or visualize this problem, I would, I would highlight those things. Here's the cost. I would highlight the salvage value and I'd highlight the number of years. And then we'll just do our calculation. So we would say the cost is 257500 Now, we're not going to depreciate that entire part, however, because we don't want to depreciate it down to zero. I'm not just going to take that and divide by the four years, the useful life, because we don't want to bring it down to zero. We want to bring it down to the salvage value, which is 20000 So we're going to subtract 20000 from the cost. So cost 257500 salvage value 20000 subtracting those out gives us 237500 Now that is the amount that we want to divide by the useful life, the four years, because that gives us an even amount to take to depreciate over the four years. And once we're done with that, then we will be left with uh, the 20000 left, 20000 book value, and we'll take a look at that. So the, the 237500 uh, divided by the useful life of four years gives us a yearly depreciation that we're going to record of 59375 So we'll do that each year and we'll, we'll record that transaction. Oftentimes when you look at book problems, they're, they're really not even going to look at the journal entry a lot of times. And again, that's kind of a problem. But we, So we want to look at the journal entry. But first, let's just look at it in terms of the calculation. A book problem is going to ask basically what now is going to be the book value after year one. Well, the book value is going to be the cost, 257500 minus the depreciation that we're going to record each year, this year being 59375 So if we subtract those out, then we have on the books, we'll have the 257500 as the cost, less the contra asset accumulated depreciation given us the book value 198125 Now the accumulated depreciation right now is the same as the depreciation expense because it's the first year. But as we go forward, the accumulated depreciation will accumulate. It'll, it's a permanent account and not a temporary account, such as depreciation expense is a temporary account, not a permanent account, and therefore it will accumulate upwards. Now, if we think about the journal entry, I would always think about the journal entry and visualize the trial balance. So I want to visualize the trial balance, go back to the trial balance, and see how this fits into the bigger picture of the trial balance. So on the trial balance, we're visualizing the big red T. We have our assets on the left-hand side in green. Those assets including cash, accounts receivable, and then our new equipment account, that equipment being on the books for the cost, 257500 So that's going to be a debit on the books. The account right under that that we have not yet recorded yet, but it's right under because it's related to the accumulated to the equipment, is going to be the accumulated depreciation related to the equipment. So it currently has zero in it. And then we've got the liabilities. I'm going to say accounts payable. I imagine them yellow on the big red T. They're on the right-hand side of the big red T. And then we got the a capital account. I'm imagining that as a bright blue in our big red T. It's going to be on the right-hand side as well. It's a credit balance account. And then we have our revenue and our expenses. The only revenue expenses I'm going to record, we're going to say we have revenue. It's going to be a navy blue, I'm, re I'm imagining. It's a credit balance on our big red T. The revenue is on the right-hand side. And then we have all our expenses. You can imagine utilities expense. You can imagine salaries expense. And along with that, we will, of course, have depreciation expense, the new thing that we're recording here. It's going to be an expense. All expenses are going to be on the left-hand side of the T account. So the actual journal entry we did in Chapter 3, now we're just figuring out the number that we had. And so remember, the journal entry is going to be an adjusting entry at the end of a time period, usually the end of the month. 
So what we're going to do in adjusting entry, the rules are we're going to have two accounts. We're going to have one balance sheet account above the blue, above the capital accounts. And we're going to have one income statement account below the capital accounts. And the income statement accounts only go one way. They go up. So the income statement account here is depreciation expense because we're recording depreciation. So for the journal entry, we know we're going to have depreciation expense. It's going to be one of the accounts. And the other account, if we just look through them, is, of course, on the balance sheet, accumulated depreciation. So those are the two accounts affected. And then we're going to say, okay, depreciation expense is a debit balance account because all expenses are. It only goes one way. It goes up. The expenses only go up. You know, the depreciation only goes up. It's not like the building gets uh, less depreciated. So, so it's only going to go one way. So we're going to do the same thing to it, which in this case is another debit. So our journal entry, we're going to imagine the debit. So our little T account for the journal entry, we're debiting and we're having the account on top being depreciation expense. And we know the amount now that we calculated 59,375 under the straight line method. And then if we debit depreciation expense, we're going to have to credit the other account in our adjusting journal entry, that account being accumulated depreciation. So accumulated depreciation then on our journal entry will be a credit to 59,375. What does that do to our uh, accounts over here? We're going to say, okay, so if we go to our accounts, we're going to say that we're going to debit depreciation expense. It has a debit balance. It's going to go up in the debit direction from zero to 59,375. And that increases the expense and it decreases net income. So if we had net income before of 100,000, now net income has actually, we're actually, we're actually at 40,625. And then on the accumulated depreciation, we had zero and it went up to 59,375 in the credit direction. So if we imagine our, t our, our trial balance, we've got 257.5 in the equipment account cost. That's what it costs. And we've got a credit balance right underneath it represented accumulated depreciation of 59,375. And if we took the debit minus the credit, that would give us the book value of 198,125. So we're telling our reader, hey, this is what it's cost. That's the, that's the equipment account. Here's the accumulated depreciation related to it. If you want to know the book value, we need to subtract those two out. Now we're going to do a similar process all the way through year four, of course, because we have four years of this and we're going to have the same depreciation. So if we recorded the same depreciation next time, let's take a look at a table and what it would look like in terms of just a table, then look at the journal entry again. So in terms of a table, we'd have depreciation expense is again, 59,375. We don't need to adjust the calculation. It's the same. Now there, I do want to note that if you're talking about, we have a scenario here where we bought it at January 1st. So we have a full year in year one. Uh, if we bought it at any other time in year one, of course, then we would have to uh, account for the fact that we only have a partial year in year one. And so we'd have to account for that. So if we bought it in the middle of the year, we'd have to say, okay, year one is only half a year and take half of that in year one and half of it at the end. So that's going to so keep that in mind if it's not a problem where we're saying we bought it in the, in, uh, the first of the year. Also, if you're using taxes, usually there's a mid-year convention. So usually that's just the assumption that it was bought in the middle of the year all the time okay so then we're going to say the cost then is going to be the same 257.5 that's not going to change the whole time we record the equipment at cost and then we estimate how much it's gone down by the accumulated depreciation now though is going to be the total of all the depreciation that has happened thus far so we can calculate that two ways we can say what's the depreciation in year one plus the depreciation in year two and that would add up to 118,750. Or we can say, what's the accumulated depreciation as of the end of last year? 
and add to it the depreciation expense for the current year. And that's typically the way we're going to do this if we have longer lived assets. We're not going to go back 10 years and add up all the depreciation. We're going to say this is how much was accumulated as of the end of last year, 59,375 because it was only one year, plus what the depreciation expense was this year, 59,375 because we're on year two, and that adds up to the 118,750. What's the book value then? It's the 257,500 cost minus the new accumulated depreciation of 118,750, giving us a book value of 138,750. If we're going to record this transaction, then we're going to have the same journal entry. We're going, to, we're going to have the same journal entry, but I want you to imagine the trial balance and imagine what the trial balance looks like in year two. Notice that the trial balance is going to have the equipment account at 257.5 as a debit balance. It's going to have the accumulated depreciation before we record anything, before we record the transaction, of a credit of 59.375. That's what we recorded last year for accumulated depreciation. On the income statement side, I'm imagining that we have another 100000 that we made in year two, just like in year one, we're very consistent on our income. Before we record the transaction, there is nothing in depreciation expense. And you want to ask, well, why isn't there something in depreciation expense when we recorded something in depreciation expense, the last journal entry? And that's because it closed out. Remember, the entire income statement is closing out to the capital account. So... There's nothing in any of the expense accounts because we reset the clock in the closing process. So we still have the amount in our balance sheet account. The contra asset accumulated depreciation has the 59,375 we recorded last time, permanent account, balance sheet account. But the amount on the income statement account has, is not there because we closed it out to the retained earnings or the capital account so that we could start over. And that's what we're doing here. So the transaction, the adjusting entry at the end of year two then would be a debit to depreciation expense and a credit to accumulated depreciation for the same amount, 59,375, because we're making an even allocation for four years. And then if we were to record that, then the depreciation would go up from zero, up by 59,375 to 59,375. If we said we made another 100,000 in year two, minus the 59,375, we have net income 40,625. The accumulated depreciation would go from a credit balance, 59,375. We credited it, so we did the same thing to it, making it go up to 118,750. So if we wanted to see what our book value is just by the trial balance, we would see, okay, the after the journal entry, we have 257,500 in equipment minus the contra asset, 118,750. And if we subtract those two out, we get the book value, 138,750. Uh, <laughs> Now, of course, we'll do the same thing for year three and year four. So year three, if we looked at it in a table format, we're going to do the same thing. Depreciation is going to be the same calculation. So it's the 59,375. We've got the cost is still at 257,500. That doesn't change. It's what the same thing is. But then the accumulated depreciation, how are we going to calculate that? Again, we could do it two ways. I could say, well, year one was 59,375 plus year two, 59,375 plus year three, 59,375 to give us 178 to uh, 178 125 or what's more common to do because again if it have more years than that we don't want to be looking back 10 years we're just going to say what was the accumulated depreciation as of the end of year 2 118750 and what are we adding to it this time the depreciation that we're calculating each year 59375 so the last time's accumulated depreciation accumulated up to that point plus what we're adding to that accumulation the depreciation expense of this time, 
would be the 118, 750 plus the 59, 375 to give us the 178, 125. Book value then, cost, 257,500 less accumulated depreciation, 178, 125, giving us 79,375. Looking at the journal entry, we're going to have the same exact journal entry for year three, but before we record it, we want to visualize that trial balance again, visualizing the fact that the equipment still on the books hasn't changed for 257500 cost, but the accumulated depreciation before we record it has a contra asset, a credit balance of 118750 before we record the new transaction. And on the income statement, I'm imagining we earned that 100000 again, so we're really consistent in earning. We earned 100000 in year one, year two, and year three, so we're consistent there. But the depreciation is currently at zero because we haven't recorded it yet. Why? Because last time when we recorded it in year one, we closed it out to capital in the closing process. And then in year two, we closed it out to the capital. Now it's, it's at zero again as we record the depreciation expense related to year three. So in year three, we're going to say same journal entry. We're going to debit depreciation expense, credit accumulated depreciation in the adjusting process for the same amount, 59375 debit and credit. To record that, the depreciation expense on the income statement goes from zero up to 59,375 in the debit direction, bringing net income down to that same 40,625. So we're very consistent in our income statements. And then on the balance sheet, we have the accumulated depreciation contra asset account, 118,750. It's going up in the credit direction. We're doing the same thing to it, which in this case is another credit, 59,375 bringing it up to 178,125 in the credit direction. How do we calculate book value on the trial balance? We have the cost, 257,500, less the accumulated depreciation, 178,125, and if the difference between them then would be the 79,375. Next, we go to the last year, same transaction we're gonna have here. So if we look at the chart again, depreciation, once again, final year, 59,375, Cost, same, 257500 Accumulated depreciation could do it two ways. We can add up year one, 59375 year two, 59375 year three, 59375 year four, 59375 to get the 237500 Or we take last year's accumulated depreciation of 17125 plus what we're doing to it this time, 59375 to get the same 237500 if we subtract the cost, 257500 less the accumulated depreciation, 237500 we should come out to the salvage value, because at the end of the entire life, which you'll recall was 20000 That's where we're going to stop. We're not going to go below 20000 because that's kind of what we thought we were going to scrap it for. So in year five, even if we still have the equipment, we're not going to keep depreciating it below what we think the salvage value is. If our estimate was wrong, then... If it's substantially wrong, we can think about re recalculating and remaking a re-estimate. Otherwise, we're not, we're not clearly going to go below the, the salvage value or it's clearly below zero. We couldn't have the equipment to be on the books uh, at, at an amount that's going to be less than the accumulated depreciation have a negative value. So we do obviously need to stop for that reason. It just makes common sense to do so. If we look at our trial balance, then... We've got, once again, the equipment on the books, 257500 accumulated depreciation before we record it, 178125 and then on the income statement, remember depreciation expense in year four is zero. We haven't, it's back closed out again, and so what are we going to do? We're going to debit depreciation expense for that same 59375 We're going to credit 
accumulated depreciation for that same 59.375. If we record that, then we have depreciation expense zero that goes up in the debit direction by 59.375 to 59.375. That means the expense goes up. That brings net income down back to our same 40,625 because once again, we're imagining that we made 100,000 in year four. Same, so we just earned that same amount. We've made uh, 400,000 over that four year time period, 100,000 each year. And then on the balance sheet, we got the 178, 125. And then we're going to credit that by the accumulated depreciation of 59,375, bringing the balance in accumulated, accumulated depreciation to 237,500. Therefore, we, we can imagine the trial balance. We have a equipment on the books, 257500 Right underneath it, we have a contra asset account with a credit balance, even though it's asset and it's grain, of 237500 The difference between those two being the book value, 20000 also being the salvage value. That's where we stop the calculation. If we were to compare years 1, 2, 3, and 4 and just put them right next to each other and compare the income, if we made the same income each year, again, we're assuming 100000 each year, you'll note that this method makes it a, a nice even allocation so that our net income is even. We would have 40625 each year if the only factor was the depreciation expense. We'll see that that will not be the case when we move on to double declining this time. We'll now move on to the double declining method. We'll do the same calculation under the double declining method. Remember that the double declining method would be a replacement of the straight line. We'd have to choose one or the other, and we'd have to be consistent once we have made that choice. The justification for a double declining method is going to be that the idea that the equipment's going to have a greater deterioration in value in year one than it would in the final year. So that the total will be the same. We'll end up with that 20,000 salvage value at the end of year four. But the concept is we should be able to depreciate more in year one, or we should depreciate it more in year one than in year four. Now, depending on what our motivations are, we may, you know, want to go on either of these in terms of reporting the financial statements. Remember, if we're reporting financial statements, we often think we, we want to look good. If we want to look better, then we usually want the straight line because we don't want to depreciate more in year one because that would make the asset is lower in value in year one and our net income would be lower in year one. And so we would, in, in that case, just in terms of trying to look better, we'd probably want our estimate to be kind of straight line more than double declining. However, if we think about taxes, of course, everything is flipped, on, flipped over. So for taxes, we want to look worse because uh, the double declining will depreciate more in year one. Therefore, we pay less taxes in year one. And that's usually a good thing. Now, note that overall, it should it should just be a timing difference and work itself out. It will work itself out and just be a timing difference. But we would rather, for taxes, pay less in year one. So those are the kind of the motivations behind those two. And notice the tax code is going to have different rules in terms of what you can do. Uh, as GAAP does, it's more kind of restricted. But there often is forms of double declining methods for the tax code. So in any case, we're going to record the double declining method. Same information. We got equipment purchased on January 1st for uh, 257500 same set of data. We have the 20000 salvage value, and uh, we have the useful life being the four years. First thing we need to do is calculate the double declining rate. So we're going to need to use this double declining rate all the way through, and then we'll calculate this out. Now, to do that, first we're going to figure out what the straight line rate is, and then double it. Now, the only catch here is that when we're thinking about the straight line rate, we're not taking into consideration the salvage value. 
So that's kind of a, uh, something that could be confusing when we calculate these. I'm going to calculate this double declining rate two different ways. One's kind of the longer way, but I think it makes a more intuitive sense. Then we'll do it uh, kind of the shorthand way. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the cost, 257500 Then we're going to divide that by four years, just like we would if it was straight line. However, note that we did not subtract out the salvage value. So even though there's still a salvage value, the 20000 we're not subtracting that out for the double declining rate when we calculate this. So we're taking the 157,500 divided by 4. That gives us the 64,375. And then we're going to compare that 64,375 to the cost. So if we take the 64,375, which would be the straight line depreciation per year had we not taken into account the salvage value as we did when we did the straight line, if we took that amount and divided it for the ratio, divided it by the actual cost, the 257500 we would then get 25%. So that would be 25% would be the straight line rate. So when we calculate the straight line, we don't usually use the percent. What we do is take the, the cost divided by the number of years, and that'll give us the actual number. But if we figured the percent, 25%, meaning if I multiplied the 257500 times 25%, we would get the amount that we would depreciate each year being 64,375. So 25% is the straight line rate had there not been any salvage value. And what are we going to do in double declining balance? Uh, we're going to double it. <laughs> so we're going to take that 25% and multiply it times 2, and that's going to be 50% in this case. So 50% is going to be our double declining rate. We took the straight line rate, doubled it, not considering salvage value, Salvage value will play a part here, but we're basically going to make it happen at the end of year four. So you'll see that as we go. Now, once you learn that, then you want to do the kind of the shorthand method, which is just to say, okay, what's going to be the straight line rate? We can just take one divided by the number of years, which happens to be four right now, and that would give us 25%. So if it was seven years property, we take one divided by seven. Note that there's going to be rounding, of course, depending on, the, on what the ratio is. So you want to take that in consideration. But right here, we just take 1 divided by 4, 25%. And then we double it times 2, gives us that 50%. So that'll be the quick way to do it if, to save time, obviously. <laughs> now that we have this, the first year calculation for depreciation is going to be really easy. We're just going to start with the cost, 257500 That's the cost of the equipment. Multiply it times our double declining rate which was 50% to come up with the 128,750. So the year one depreciation 128,750, notice it's a lot higher than we had when on year one under the straight line method. We'll look at that comparison in a second, but or after we're done with these calculations. But if we take a look at the depreciation then on a table, we have 128,750 for the depreciation. The book value then is going to be the 257,500 less the 128,750 getting us down to a book value of 128,750. So the book value was cut in half in the first year under this accelerated method. Accelerated method meaning we depreciate more in year one. Thinking about our trial balance and recording the journal entry. Remember, nothing has been recorded so far. We're starting over in year one under a new method, double declining. Therefore, the equipment account has a debit balance of 257,500. The accumulated depreciation is back down to zero. We haven't recorded anything yet. And then on the expense side, we've got depreciation expense at zero as well. Same accounts affected here, debit depreciation expense in our adjusted entry, credit accumulated depreciation. 
The thing that difference, of course, is the number. It's going to be for 128.750 in the debit, 128.750 on the credit. If we then record that, then we have zero in the depreciation expense going up in the debit direction by 128.750 to 128.750. What's that going to do to net income? Remember, we're assuming we made 100,000 and now we depreciated 128.750. So we actually have a loss in year one. So notice just by this difference in estimate, we went from under the straight line we had income, we have a loss just because of that estimate, that estimate accelerating, the, accelerating the depreciation in year one. On the accumulated depreciation, we have zero, and then it went up in the credit direction in the contra asset account to 128,750. If we compare the 257,500 cost, and then right under it, the accumulated depreciation 128,750, subtracting those out, book value being 128,750. Now, in year two, we're going to do a similar calculation, but we've, we have to get the book value first. So we, we need to determine the book value. One way we can think about the book value is we can say, well, the cost is 257500 less the accumulated depreciation for last period gives us uh, of 128750 That's the book value. So we could subtract out for, to calculate the book value all the depreciation that have, has been recorded so far, or, of course, we can just take the accumulated depreciation from the prior worksheet. So the cost minus the accumulated depreciation. We need to start off with the book value, however, in any way we look at it, before we multiply it times the double declining rate. So the book value now is 128,750 times 50%. The double declining rate means depreciation in year two, 64,375. So notice it's substantially less than the depreciation recorded in year one so if we think about that calculation then the depreciation in year two 64,375 that's the expense and then we need to the cost is still going to be the 257,500 and then the accumulated depreciation we could add up years one and two expenses to uh, 128,750 plus this current year 64,375 or more commonly we take the prior year's accumulated depreciation, 128,750, plus the current year's adding to it, the current year adding to it, 64,375, bringing the total to 193,125. So if we calculate the book value then, is the cost 257,500, less the accumulated depreciation, 193,125, bringing the book value to 64,375. Now let's take a look at that in terms of the trial balance. So remember, trial balance has the equipment on cost 257500 less the accumulated depreciation before we record it contra asset account credit balance 128750 and then on the income statement we have the depreciation expense but it's back down to zero so remember year 2 back down to zero why cuz we close out the last recording of the expense in the closing process resetting the income statement resetting the temporary accounts therefore when we record this we're going to debit depreciation expense credit accumulated depreciation like we always do and the debit's going to be for 64375 to depreciation expense bringing it from zero up to 64375 in the debit direction if we assume that we had income of 100,000 again 100,000 minus the debit 64375 brings us to 35625 so we have income in year 2 we had a loss in year 1 because of the depreciation expense on the balance sheet side, we got 128,750, and then we're crediting it 64,375, bringing the accumulated depreciation up in the credit direction to 193,125. 
what is the book value, the, the equipment's on the books, 257500 less the accumulated depreciation after the recording, 193125 book value being the 64375 Year three, same idea. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take the book value. So we could just look at the book value that we had from the prior uh, accounting, or we can calculate it as the cost less the uh, accumulated depreciation that has been calculated thus far. And that will give us that 64375 That's the book value that we are at in terms of before we record year three's uh, depreciation. Then we're going to multiply that times 50% the double declining rate and that will give us year three 32,188. so 32,188. that's going to be the depreciation for year three of course it's different each year here it's going down each year it was 128,750 in year one year two it went down to 64,375 in year three now we're down to 32,188. so then if we look at the recording we have the book value we have the cost 257,500 less the accumulated depreciation 225,313 giving us a book value of 32,188. So if we look at the transaction then, remember if we're looking at our chart of accounts, we're going to record the same transaction, debit depreciation expense, credit accumulated depreciation. However, the numbers changed to 32,188. What is in the books before, if we look at our trial balance before we record this, the equipment's still on the books at 257,500. Accumulated depreciation at 193125 It's a credit. And then if we look at the income statement down in depreciation expense, it is at zero. Because again, we closed out year one and then we closed out year two. If we record this transaction, then depreciation expense will go from zero up in the debit direction by 32188 to 32188. If we imagine that we had that 100000 in income again, 100,000 minus this expense, 32,188, gives us net income, 67,813. On the balance sheet side, we had accumulated depreciation credit, 193,125. And then we're crediting it in the credit direction of the 32,188, bringing it up to 225,313. So the book value then is going to be the cost. Equipment's right above it, 257,500 less the account right under it, which is a credit, contra asset, 225.313. That will give us the 32,188. Uh, and note that the book value is tying out to the depreciation just because it was a four-year um, property here. So because we're depreciating it over four years. If it was some other year, if it was three years or five years or something, that would not always be the case. Moving on to the fourth and final year. Now, the fourth and final year under the double declining method has something that we uh, don't really like to see in, in that it does the math doesn't work perfectly. What we've done is we've set up a system where we have a process of being able to depreciate more in year one than in the last year, in this case happening to be year four. But if we just go through the same process that we've been doing before, meaning we take the book value times the double declining rate, multiply uh, and, and multiply that out, we will end up with an answer that will not leave us where we want to be, that being in terms of a 20,000 salvage value in this case. Now, if we didn't have any salvage value, that process could take us below zero, meaning we would have accumulated depreciation higher than the cost of the equipment. That doesn't make any sense. So the, this method isn't perfect in its math. And what ends up happening is it's just part of the process. You just got to kind of accept it as part of the process. The last year, we just make it work, meaning we're going to depreciate whatever we need to depreciate in order to make the book value uh, leave at the 20,000 salvage in this case, 
or if there was no salvage, we just make it so that the final year leaves us with a book value of zero. So in this case, remember we had a 20,000 salvage value. So therefore, at the end of the process, we need to depreciate enough so that the book value is left with 20,000. Can't do the same calculation to do that. What we, what the way we're going to calculate this, we're going to say, well, let's take the original cost. It's going to be the 257,500 minus the salvage value, 20,000. That means that we need to depreciate over the life, which is ending right now, of 237,500. That's how much we need to depreciate over the life in order to leave us with the salvage of 20,000. What have we depreciated so far? Well, the accumulated depreciation so far that we have done up through year three has been 225,313. So if we take the 237,500, the amount we've depreciated so far, or the amount we need to depreciate to get, leave us with the 20,000 minus what we've done so far, 225,313, we get 12,188 in this case. So notice we're just doing what we have to do in order to make it work uh, for the final year. Also want to point out that in test questions, if you're talking about multiple choice test questions, you may not see this that often. So many people actually don't really understand that final year calculation because notice that if we, in a test question, that would mean that they would have to make you calculate all the way through year four to calculate the depreciation for year four. For a multiple choice question, that would be a long process. Most multiple choice questions will usually make you go through year two because year one uh, is going to be a bit more simplified because it's usually just kind of twice of straight line. By making you go through year two, they make you go through the actual book value so that you have to realize it's the book value times the rate in order to get the correct answer. So in any case, if we were to uh, map this out, we'd have 12188 in depreciation expense. The cost is still 257500 And the accumulated depreciation now, again, we can calculate it two ways. We can say the depreciation for the entire four-year life uh, year one, 128,750 plus year two, 64,375 plus year three, 32,188 plus year four, 12,188 gives us cumulative depreciation for year four, 237,500 or more commonly, we take the depreciation, the accumulated depreciation as of the end of year three, which was 225,313, adding to it the depreciation expense for the current year, 12,188, giving us the accumulated depreciation at the end of the current year, 237,500. If we subtract those out, then to get the book value, the cost, 257,500, less the accumulated depreciation, 237,500, leaves us with book value of 20,000. The salvage value, that's what we expect to see at the end of the life. Looking at the trial balance, then we see before we record our transactions, we've got the equipment on the books, 257,500, accumulated depreciation, uh, contra asset, 225,313. And the depreciation expense on the income statement, down on the income statement, at zero, temporary account, closed out before we have recorded this one. Now we're going to record the same journal entry, same accounts at least. Uh, depreciation expense, debit, and the credit accumulated depreciation, difference being number, number now being uh, 12188 Therefore, depreciation expense goes from zero up in the debit direction, 12188 to 12188 if we assume that we earned 100000 in income again. The 100,000 income minus the depreciation expense gives us the 87,813. If we then look at the balance sheet, accumulated depreciation 225,313 goes up in the credit direction to 237,500. Therefore, if we look at the end trial balance equipment on the books, 257,500 less the accumulated depreciation right underneath it, 237,500, difference being the value of 20,000 book value.
If we then compared all three years and looked at the trial balance for all three years, we see something very different than we saw when we looked at the comparison for the straight line method being that, remember, if we're, if we're considering that the revenue is the same, 100000 we earn 100000 each year, so we earn 400000 over four years, 100000 each year, and the only difference being the depreciation expense, in year one, we actually had a negative, uh, we lost money, we have a loss. We had 100000 minus the depreciation expense of 128750 loss, 28750 uh, In year two, then we had income of 35625 uh, because the depreciation expense went down, to 64,375. Year three depreciation expense went down to 32,188, giving us income of uh, 67,813. And the last year we only had depreciation expense of 12,188, giving us net income of 87,813. So you notice there's going to be a big change. Why? Because we're front-loading the depreciation expense. It's a timing difference. What does that mean? The, it, the only difference between the straight-line method and the double-declining method is the timing, meaning we're depreciating more in year one, less in year four in this case. Last method we'll discuss is the units of production. So we'll go through the same transactions. We're going to look at the units of production. This is one that's not going to be used as much because it, it takes a little bit more work and we need a little bit more information to do so. However, if we do use this method, it's usually more accurate. For example, if we're trying to think about uh, the car, if we're thinking about what's the value of a used car, and if we just think, well, let's take the book value being uh, how many years has we had the car and depreciate it straight line in that way, that may not be as effective as you might think, well, why don't we look at the mileage method and see how many miles have been driven and use a mi some type of mileage method to determine the value of the car. Because if it was driven more, of course, the assumption would be that it had more deterioration than if it was driven less. That's going to be the kind of calculation we can do if we know the mile. So if, we, if we're looking at something other than that, if we're looking at a machinery, we would have to then, if we're thinking about something like a printer, and they told us it, it, it's going to print this many sheets for the life. It's determined that this many sheets are guaranteed that it's going to print. Then if we know that, then we could say, okay, well, what's the cost of the printer divided by that many sheets? And then we can use that to calculate depreciation. But in order for us to do that, we would actually have to count the number of sheets that are being calculated and then calculate depreciation in that way. So that's kind of what we'll do now. It's more accurate in a lot of ways, but it's more time consuming to do. And therefore, for most things, it's probably used less often. But if we want good accuracy on a, on a machine that's a key component, then it probably would be a, a good, better method to use to give us more precise numbers. All right, same, same data. We got equipment. Cost of the equipment is 257500 Salvage value 20000 but we have this new information that it has an estimated uh, units of production over the useful life. So it's going to make this many units, like sheets of paper, it's going to make this many units for 75,000, 475,000. That's how many units it's going to make. So first then, we can calculate the cost per unit then. We can say, well, if it costs uh, 257.500, that's how, many, how much we paid for it. And we subtract out the salvage value because we think we're going to be able to scrap it for that at the end. And that will give us the 237,500 the amount that we then need to depreciate over the useful life for years. And we just divide that by the number of, in this case, like sheets of paper or units that the, the machine is supposed to produce. In this case, uh, 475,000. So we've got uh, 237,500 divided by 475,000 gives us 50 cents per unit. So the depreciation per unit, in this case, we're going to say is 0.5. So 0.5 depreciation per unit. Now if we calculate this then 
we're going to say, what's the depreciation for year one? Well, we need one added piece of information. We don't just need, well, it's been a year. We need more than that. What do we need? The amount of units, the amount of paper that had been produced. So if we get that, we say, okay, we counted the amount of units that were produced in year one, and it came out to 220,000 220, units. Then we just multiply that times the depreciation per unit, in this case, 0.5, and that will give us the 110,000 depreciation in year one. So if we record that out, then we're going to say depreciation in year one was 110,000. Book value calculation is going to be 257,500. That was the cost, same cost, minus the accumulated depreciation, which in this case in year one, 110,000, bringing us to the book value of 147,500. Recording this to the trial balance, then we're imagining we're starting over and we're in year one again. We got the equipment on the books, 257500 nothing in accumulated depreciation, nothing on the income statement for depreciation expense. We're recording the same journal entry, debiting depreciation expense, crediting accumulated depreciation for the amount this time in year one of 110000 So depreciation goes from zero up to 110000 and therefore if we imagine that 100000 that we earned in revenue less the 110,000 we have a loss of 10,000 in this case then we've got the accumulated depreciation going from 0 up 110,000 to 110,000 book value calculated as the equipment account on the books 257,500 less the accumulated depreciation 110,000 right underneath it that would give us the book value 147,500 then in year 2 we just do the same process we're going to say units that were produced in year 2 124,600, if we're just going to count the units, how many paper, how many pieces of paper were produced, how many units were produced by this machine, multiply it times the, uh, the rate of 50% per unit, and that would give us the depreciation of 62,300 in this case. So notice it's really just dependent on that factor, how many things we're producing, and then the depreciation for year two would be 62,300, so we had 110,000 in year one, 62,300 in year two. Notice what we're doing here. What happened here is it went down in value. And that's kind of what we would expect. That's, that's the argument for the, uh, the double declining method that we should depreciate more in year one than in year two. But the double declining method doesn't really use a tool in order to figure out that that's actually the case. It just kind of assumes that that's the case. And then we make a method to depreciate more in year one than in year two. This one, we're having an actual tool that kind of proves that assertion, that tool being that it, the machine was more productive in year one. It produced 110 units in year one. I mean, it, it produced more units in year one, resulted in depreciation of 110,000 in year one. And the, the less units in year two resulted in less production uh, and the depreciation of 62,300. Okay, book value, 257,500 cost, less the accumulated depreciation could be calculated as year one's depreciation expense, 110 plus year two of 62,300 or what the, was in accumulated depreciation at the end of year one, which was 110,000 because it was only the first year, plus the depreciation expense for year two, 62,300 to give us the 172,300. So the book value then cost 257.5 less accumulated depreciation, 172,300 gives us book value 85,200. Now, if we're going to record this, same transaction, debit depreciation expense, credit accumulated depreciation, only difference being the number 62,300 this year. If we imagine our trial balance before we record this, equipment on the books, 257,500. The accumulated depreciation is at 110,000 before we record this. The income statement depreciation expense is at 
zero before we record this because even though we recorded last year we recorded year one it closed out in the closing process so we're going to say depreciation expense it's going to go up in year two from zero by 62,300 to 62,300 the accumulated depreciation is going to go from a credit 110,000 up in the credit direction 62,300 to 172,300 therefore we have equipment on the books 257,500 less the accumulated depreciation 172,300 book value 85,200 year three same process we're just going to take the units uh, that were produced in this case 121,800 uh, and obviously a book would have to give you that number and in real life we'd have to calculate that number and and track that number as we have the production times the rate uh, 0.5 that's going to give us depreciation for year three 60,900 so year three depreciation 60,900 cost still 257,500 doesn't change then we have the accumulated depreciation we could add up all the depreciation for the three years 110,000 year one, 62,300 year two, 60,900 year three, or we could take the depreciation as of the, the accumulated depreciation as of the end of year two, uh, 172,300 plus the depreciation expense for year three, 60,900, giving us accumulated depreciation for year three, 233,200. Then the book value cost, 257,500 minus the accumulated depreciation, 233,200, giving us the 24 thousand three hundred same journal entry we're debiting depreciation expense crediting accumulated depreciation year three now we're imagining the trial balance equipment has 257,500 in it same cost I, then right underneath it we have accumulated depreciation the 172,300 before we record our transaction for year three and then the depreciation expense is at zero and it's at zero because we closed out year one then we closed out year two and now we're going to debit depreciation expense. It's going to go from zero up by the 60,900 to 60,900. If we imagine 100,000 of revenue, 100,000 minus the depreciation expense, net income, 39,100. And then on the accumulated depreciation, we have uh, accumulated depreciation, 172,300. We have a credit of 60,900, bringing us to accumulated depreciation at the end of year three, 233,200. So if we imagine our trial balance, we've got the equipment at 257,500 less the accumulated depreciation right underneath it, 233,200 book value, 24,300. Now the last year, we would probably have to do the same thing. Remember, remember that we need to leave this at the salvage value of the 20,000. And if uh, we use the same method, if we count the pages, it's very possible that we actually produce more pages than it was estimated on the box and that it would be able to produce. And we can't keep depreciating it below the salvage value. And for sure, if there was no salvage value, it really doesn't make any sense. It would look really bad for our accumulated depreciation to be higher than the cost. That doesn't make any, th any sense. Our, that would mean the machine has a negative value. So we, can t we need to take it down to zero, or in this case, we need to take it down to the 20,000 salvage value. So we're going to do a similar type of kind of plug calculation at the end as we did with the double declining method, meaning we're going to take the cost, 257500 less the salvage value, 20000 That gives us the 237500 That's the amount that we need to depreciate over the life for years in order to leave us with the salvage of 20000 
if we compare that to what we have done up until the last year, year four, then we can see what we need to depreciate in year four in order to get to that number. So the 237,500 less the accumulated depreciation up through year three, 233,200 leaves us with depreciation that needs to be done in year four, 4,300 in order to bring us up to the uh, 237,500 total accumulated depreciation for the year, leaving us with a book value of 20,000. So if we were to record that, we'd say the depreciation expense, 4,300, the cost is gonna be that same, 257,500, less accumulated depreciation, 237,500 in this case, which was calculated by last year's accumulated depreciation plus this year's activity. And if we subtract that out then, we got the 257,500 minus the 237,500, that should leave us with, in the last year, year four, the salvage value of 20,000 in this case. That's what we think we could scrap the machine for. So if we record this same transaction, depreciation expense debit, accumulated depreciation credit, numbers changing, the number being 4,300. The uh, trial balance before we record this has the equipment account at the same 257,500 cost. Accumulated depreciation before we record at credit contra asset 233,200. And on the income statement, we have the depreciation expense at zero. Why? Because we closed out year one. We closed out year two. We closed out year three. Now we're recording year four from scratch in terms of depreciation. Therefore, we're going to debit the 4,300, bringing us to 4,300. 100,000, if we were imagine income out of 100,000, minus the 4,300 net income, 95,300. Balance sheet, accumulated depreciation at 233,200 before we record it. We credited it 4,300, bringing it to 237,500. If we imagine our trial balance after the recording, we have 257,500 cost, less the accumulated depreciation, 237,500 right underneath it, contra asset, difference being 20,000, that is the book value. If we imagine the comparison of all these three methods, the straight line, the double declining, the units of production, we know that the straight line and the double declining are gonna be the two extremes, of course, meaning that depreciation for straight line was the same. It was 59,375 all the way through, and the depreciation for the double declining was much higher in year one than in year four. That's the point. However, over the entire useful life, we still ended up with the same book value, 20,000, the same accumulated depreciation, 237,500, the same cost, of course, 257,500. So we're gonna end up in year four at the same place, but there's a big difference in terms of what happens as we go through there. Now you might be saying, well, why? what's the difference there? Who cares if it's just gonna work itself out at the end of the four year period? But remember, the matching principle is gonna be the idea here. We wanna make sure that we have something that's comparable between these two methods. Uh, some might argue that the straight line method is better because it's gonna have an even comparison throughout the four years. But it is a reasonable argument to say that the double declining method is a, is a more reasonable method because the equipment actually does depreciate more in year one than in the final years. And what's that going to do to net income, of course? Straight line is going to have net income is going to be higher because the depreciation expense is lower in year one and the reverse in the at the end. And the double declining is going to have a lower net income in year one and a higher net income in the final years. Now the units of production is really kind of proving whatever is the correct assertion because really the units of production is using what would be thought to be a better cost driver. So in this case, if we're saying the, the number of pages that were produced, just like if we're saying mileage in a car, 
that is thought to be usually a better cost driver, something that's better used to measure how much something has been used up than just simply time. So this one, in this case, actually had a uh, kind of a double declining method in that the depreciation was higher in year one, it went down in less in year two, less in year three, and so forth. So it did actually work out. So it does seem, in this case, that the equipment depreciated more in year one than it depreciated in uh, year two, and so on and so forth.